T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. And welcome in, everybody, a Tuesday edition of Sports Daily, the day after the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. I'm not sure that I can remember a regular season game with more storylines to dive into uh, in the aftermath than the one we saw last night. My goodness, you could fill uh, a week's worth of content just with what happened last night. We're going to give it our best to sort through it all. Chiefs fans, a good day to weigh in and sound off. 869-1240. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily. We're happy to be with you here on a Tuesday. Jad Chambers producing for us. Uh, we've got all kinds of things to get into as the Chiefs win it. 30-29. to 29, Just a wild and weird game on Monday Night Football. But to come out on the right side of it, we'll have Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, here at the top of the second hour at about 10 o'clock to help us sort through it all as well. We've got the start of the Major League Baseball divisional rounds, all four series uh, going today. So we'll have that to get into. Our biggest giveaway yet uh, is coming near the end of this hour. So stay tuned. We have all kinds of cool stuff in a prize pack to give away the next few days. We'll do that toward the end of this hour. Welcome into Sports Daily, everybody. Hope everybody got a good night's sleep. If you weren't uh, just, you know, tossing and turning full of rage or confusion on what we saw last night. But, Tommy, I suppose at the baseline, we saw Travis Kelsey score four touchdowns. The Chiefs get a win. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I'm exhausted, uh, to be completely honest with you. And was thinking about it this morning before we came on air. Like, And you're absolutely correct. All these different storylines. Um, I mean, th- there was so much packed in to three plus hours of football last night that it's going to take probably close to the entire show to break it all down. It's nuts. I mean, it is absolutely nuts. So let's start with the game itself. We will get into roughing the passer calls and no calls. We will get into, um, you know, Devonte Adams after the game and that situation. We will get into all of the side stories, all of the different things that happened um, you know, makeup calls that if you're a Raiders fan infuriate you today, all, I mean, just, just so many different things happening in this game. It was a disaster for the officials, an absolute disaster. And it just, it creates so many different things that we got to sit here and talk about today because, you know, as more and more people across the nation are betting on these games. And you have more eyes than you've ever had before. You have more pressure to get these calls right. And sort of like we had with the catch a long time ago, we now have with roughing the quarterback. But we'll get into all of that. At the surface, the Chiefs come away with the win. Tommy, Travis Kelsey's a stud. We know that. Four touchdowns and just 25 yards of receiving. That's uh, that's pretty insane to even try to wrap your head around how that even happens. Jarek McKinnon looked fantastic. 
and they continue. And it's interesting, somebody continues. Different guys, it seems like each time, continue to step up in the Chiefs' backfield. Patrick Mahomes was really good. On the other side, the Raiders offensively were really good, right? They looked like what we sort of expected the Raiders to look like. An efficient night from Carr, big playability with Devontae Adams. Josh Jacobs has found you know some resurgence in his career, certainly. 30-29, to 29, are, you, are you okay with the win? I mean, we warned of this yesterday. Didn't like the number, seemed like too much. At least I did. Like There was something there, again, with a divisional game in primetime that gave me pause. Um, 30-29, you happy, you sad, you worried, you concerned? Like wh- Where are you sitting today just on the win and loss aspect of this? Well, yeah, I mean, on the surface, it's a divisional win against a heated rival. And so you have to be happy with it if you're a Chiefs fan, right? I mean, you get a victory in the division and you get a chance to, you know, hold up another win against the Raiders. And, you know, so, yeah, on the surface itself, you feel good about it. You know, I, I laid in bed last night and, um, you know, tossed and turned and, and thought, man, like there there were so many different things that give me pause that I think are a little bit concerning moving forward. Um, but on the, on the flip side, several different things that looked really, really good for Kansas city as well. So it's kind of a mixed bag overall, but you walk away with the victory, you move to four and one. Um, and, and you know, this stretch of games and we'll get into it much later in the show, this stretch of games Super important for Kansas City with the Raiders and then, of course, the Bills and the 49ers. Uh, and so you needed to, to to kick that off with the victory. And um, I, I think, again, so many different things to talk about. But I think first and foremost, that victory is just as much a credit to the fans at Arrowhead as it is to the players on the field. Um, Arrowhead was rocking. Um, and they, I think at some point... Uh, willed the Chiefs to victory. Yeah, they they certainly helped, and they had every reason to be fired up. I, I think there are concerns that come out of that game. Um, that for you know they did, and I don't know if this was schematic, and I don't know what to make of it. So stopping the run, they've done a a good job at that this year. They did not last night. I don't know if they you know, schematically didn't expect the Raiders to run it as much as they did, but that was a problem. I don't know what we were texting about Devontae Adams, and, and, you know, the Chiefs' pass defense is certainly not where it needs to be, but they also have some injuries that, that I think we need to see play themselves back into full health. But, you know, Devontae Adams had 124 yards, but he only had three catches. So it's it's a little bit tricky. He didn't, you know, I wouldn't say he lit them up. He had two big plays. Um, other than that, you know, he had one other catch and, and he was targeted seven times. So, you know, I I don't, they, they certainly, when you allow 124 yards and two touchdowns to a guy, you don't do a good job against him. However, it came on a couple of big plays. So I don't really know what to make of that. They kept Hunter Renfro in check. So defensively, no, it, it was maybe their worst game as a whole, but I think that to me that had more to do with the inability to stop Josh Jacobs than it did the Devonte Adams factor. Well, I think that there were some decisions early on in the game that were uh, perplexing, uh, to say the least, from Steve Spagnola. Like I'm not sure why you're single covering Devonte Adams, um, and and Rashad Fenton was getting beat left and right, and the Raiders knew that and they were picking on him, um, especially early on in that game. Uh, but yeah, the the first big touchdown play. In fact, uh, you know, I I watched that one in real time, and then I went back and I watched the replay. And Devonte Adams had like at least two steps on Rashad Fenton uh, on that first touchdown play. And those were definitely choices. I'm not sure why that was the the decision that was made. I'm not sure if it was a scheme thing, a personnel thing, Um, but there were certainly some decisions early on. And, you know, to, to the credit of Vegas, they jumped out and played really, really well to start the game. And that's what you have to do against Kansas City at Arrowhead is you have to get off to a great start. Now, ultimately, we all know it didn't matter in the long run, but, you know, it was almost like you blink and the Raiders are up 17 nothing. And so they did a really good job offensively. And let's not forget about how great the line play was for Las Vegas on both sides of the ball. I mean, they absolutely dominated early in that game. And so you add all that together. They shortened the game up a little bit. Josh Jacobs was super effective. 
wanting to keep the ball out of the, the the hands of the offense for Kansas City. And I get that. I understand that. So, you know, credit to Josh McDaniels early in the game. Their game plan worked and they were able to exploit some of the issues that we saw with Kansas City. Yeah, and you know, now that we're talking, I, I am going to correct myself and take something back because I, it, it just jogged my memory. So many different things happening in that game. The drive where Devontae Adams got the pass interference calls and, and drew those flags. Yeah. I mean, if you count those yards in, now now you're looking at like 200 yards and, and five catches and those things. So, yeah, they so were, maybe they were Adams was fitting. a big problem. They were picking yeah. on Fitton for sure. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Adams was a problem. I, I still think Josh Jacobs was a bigger problem. Uh, the Chiefs cannot allow teams to do that to them, to keep them off the field. But it's it's a smaller concern in the sense that they've done a really good job stopping the run this year. Uh, that's been a strength of this team. And, and I do think, too, it's more important for the Chiefs to be really good in run defense than it is in pass defense for this reason, and it goes both ways, that, that that leans on the offense because that allows the Chiefs' offense to get back on the field. As we look at that side of the ball, McKinnon, McKinnon gave them good reps, certainly. I thought he looked really good. He looked he looked borderline great. I, I was fine with how the Chiefs um, split up the carries yesterday. I think that, you know, the Chiefs will be the best, and, and Pacheco's fine, but the Chiefs will be the best when McKinnon and, and Edwards Alaire are the two guys, I think. Um, Pacheco's fine if you've got a lead to go the old school way, but those other two provide a little bit more. I still have concern with the receivers, Tommy. I mean, Kelsey, seven catches on eight targets, but it was for only 25 yards. Four of those obviously were touchdowns, so he was fine. Valdez Scantling did allow them to stretch the field a little bit. That was a great sign. That was, you know, something that this team is going to have to do. I don't think Juju looks good at all. I, I, I just, I think there's a decent chance, Tommy, that he he's, he's doesn't have it anymore. I mean, he hasn't looked good as a wide receiver in like three years, and I don't think he looks good right now. And they don't have that guy. Like, they have to have somebody that can just get peppered I don't know what they need. If it's not going to be Sky Moore, who, by the way, came one half of a yard short of his 15-and-a-half-yard player prop that I played, so uh, as an aside. But if it's not going to be Sky Moore, like if it's not, if they're not going to commit to, to developing it, and there's still time for that, by the way, but if it's not there, like if it's not Sky Moore, I don't know what it is because I don't think it's Juju. And they need, they, they got to, there's got to be something dynamic about their pass catchers. Valdez Scantling stretched the field. That was a great sign. I hope that continues, because if it does, it may make all the difference in the world. When you see the Panthers potentially going fire sale on it, and they're going to potentially trade some big-time weapons, maybe a guy like DJ Moore is available. Do the Chief, like What can the Chiefs do here? Are you comfortable with the group they have now? Because I'm not comfortable with it. I don't think, unless Sky Moore steps up, and unless they get him more involved... I don't think they have enough right now at receiver to really unlock this offense at its highest. And look, they scored 30 points two weeks in a row. This is nitpicking, right? This is very, very nitpicky. But it's it still feels like it's missing something to me. Dropped passes. I, I, I don't know what it is, but I don't, I don't think it's enough still. Well, I mean, you know, in the defensive MVS, he had one drop. Now it was a pretty egregious he, drop. It his was a best, bad drop. His best game, though. His best game, though. Sure, yeah, without it was a doubt. Potentially you know, a touchdown drop. Six catches, ninety yards, and you know that you you basically went through the entire roster of wideouts for the Chiefs, and you didn't mention McCole Hardman, who because I think uh, he's hey, a gadget player, Tommy. I don't think he he's stretched. A, I, he stretched the field too last night. I mean, he had four catches for seventy three yards. He averaged more per catch than any any other receiver did out on that field. He averaged eighteen yards a catch. That's more than MVS had in that game, and to the defensive Hardman as well. He was hobbled with a, with a heel injury that he's had all season long. I mean, limping off the field, you know, after the, the catch and run um, a couple different times. And, and so he played really, really well last night. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't feel, I don't feel like Juju is there. I think Juju can, you know, kind of be that change of pace wide receiver a little bit for Kansas city, but you know, I I'm, I'm perfectly content right now with the receiving core that Kansas city has, because 
like I've said before, what they what they lost in big play explosive and speed ability with Tyreek Hill. They made up for in quantity. Like they've got a lot of different weapons. And let's not forget, they still have the greatest tight end in the NFL totally. and maybe in the history of the game who scored four touchdowns last night. So I'm absolutely content with where they're at right now with wide receiver. Patrick Mahomes still threw for almost 300 yards last night. And it's the, the scheme that they have offensively when they're clicking works really, really well. The play calling typically is there. And, you know, let's not forget he, you know, Patrick Mahomes completed passes to nine different people last night, nine different people, including a backup tight end and a couple of wide receivers or a couple of running backs. That is. And so, you know, he's spreading the ball out. I think it works long-term. Would you like to have a big play explosive ability like a DJ Moore, or I've even heard, Hey, could Odell Beckham jr. Be a guy that they well, try Odell's to pick up. Easy. The Odell's cheaper. He makes the most sense to me, but I don't know why that hasn't happened yet. I mean, I get I, it. it. I, I get it. I understand, but I'm also okay with where they're at right now with wide receiver. They don't have, okay, so maybe, let me let me rephrase it. Yes, they have all these different guys. But Hardman has had 16, 49, 2, 4 yards in the game before yesterday and three years of not stepping up. Like, I'm not going to take yesterday and be like, okay, now McCole Hardman's a number one. Like, no, McCole Hardman's a great well, gadget player, that either. and you can scheme him up, and he can be a really useful player. But McCole Hardman is not the guy that you know you can consistently go to in a game when you've got to have big plays. That's Travis Kelsey. But the Raiders, and I don't want to say they contained Travis Kelsey because he had four touchdowns, but he was not getting downfield. Right? Um, they're also a, they're also an injury away from a big problem potentially. I, I guess my question is like. Nobody right now, and and maybe MVS, I'm obviously very encouraged by his game yesterday, but like Juju's not going to catch a pass and make a big play, right? He's going to catch a pass maybe and then fall down, it looks like. Um, like they don't have, and, and maybe it's MVS, maybe. he's He's got two good games in a row here, and maybe he's beginning to heat up and become, you know, what Packers fans always hoped he would be and, and all his potential and all that kind of stuff. But... You know, that's what Tyreek Hill was. And I'm not saying they need Tyreek Hill because I don't think they need Tyreek Hill. But he gave Mahomes that, all right, we got to have a play. Kelsey's because because every team's going to focus on Kelsey. They're going to do everything they can to stop him. And he had four touchdowns yesterday. But he also seven catches, 25 yards. I, I don't know. There's, I, I still think there's another component to this offense. Maybe it's on the roster. I don't know. And, and I understand the silliness of saying that when Mahomes had almost 300 yards and four touchdowns. It might be enough. I just think when they play better defenses like they have in the games that they have played better defenses this year, these receivers right now, I don't know that they're dynamic enough to beat that. We'll find out I'm, next week. Next week is going to be a great test for this wide yeah. receiver group. So he, here's where I'm at. I'm not going to sit here and nitpick the performance of the receivers when I feel like there are more glaring issues, especially on the other side of the ball. Um, you know, that, and, and I talked about it yesterday about how the, the chief secondary, they were, they were facing, you know, a, a really, really dynamic receiver in Devonte Adams. And then next week they're going to be facing Steph Diggs and Gabe Davis and the entire crew in Buffalo. And then Debo Samuel in two weeks against the 49ers. So one week down, and I'm not encouraged at all by what we saw with, with the secondary last night. Now, granted trip, trip McDuffie should be back on Sunday against Buffalo. So that will help significantly. So that concerns me for sure. Before he got hurt. Absolutely. I mean, you've got to, I mean, that, we, we that, also that, that, have to yeah. consider, consider Tommy with defense, and I know you can't count on health, but there, there is a very realistic possibility that they've been missing their best run stopper and their best pass sure. defender. For well, the and last that's, that's weeks. another, that, yeah, that's another major point too, right there is that I feel like last night's game was the first time that we have truly missed Willie Gay. 
and you know, and, and uh, Nick Bolton and Darius Harris played their tails off, and they you couldn't ask much more from those two guys. They played really, really well. Nick Bolton was all over the field and had tons of energy. Karloftis played well. Uh, I know Frank Clark went out with an illness in the second half, but when he was in there, he actually looked pretty solid too. And of course, we'll get into to Chris Jones later. So uh, they, that was all good. Um, but man, Josh Jacobs played really, really well. And it wasn't just how he ran the ball. It was how he ran the ball after contact. And that's one of the areas that I know that Kansas City really, really misses Willie Gay. Now, keep in mind, Buffalo's run game is not nearly as dynamic as what the Raiders have. You know, the, the, that's, the Bills are a pass-first team. So I'm not as worried at missing Willie Gay next week with that suspension, but I am absolutely concerned about the secondary. I am too. Uh, I want to see McDuffie back in there. Uh, and we had these concerns before the year. It's it's because because last night was a weird game, right? Like I, we we thought this might happen, and I I didn't ever expect it to get as weird as it did. But it's a weird game, so yeah, you know. And they're and we're gonna get Buffalo, so an even bigger test. The defense has got to be better than it was last night, but they have been until last night. So I don't know. The offense the offense bailed out the defense last night, and it's just like. Like, my God. Okay, so just some of the things that we'll try and cram in here. We got Dan Israel, Chiefs Radio Network, coming up. The biggest is the roughing the passer thing. You also had Devontae Adams shoving a cameraman. Uh, foul or no foul there. You had Troy Aikman uh, in a, with a comment in the broadcast. Heat of the moment. Uh, are we are we offended by that or are we not that worried about it? We'll talk about that. Um, we had a record kick. By, a, by the backup kicker at Arrowhead after he missed a short one. Like, I, I don't even know how to get through all of this, but we're going to try today. Uh, we got a big giveaway coming up at the end of this hour. A lot to get to. 869-1240. We'll take your calls. Uh, if you want to chime in on any of this, we'll get to the roughing the passer aspect of this next on Sports Daily because that's a big one and perhaps the biggest thing, and it looks like there could be change coming. We'll get into all of that as we roll through a Tuesday edition of Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor, don't go away. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, the storyline of the night, after all the you know on-the-field stuff we talked about yesterday, became, and this became a much bigger story than how either team was playing, was the officiating. Um, you had all kinds of missed calls. All kinds of missed calls. You had the roughing the passers, which is where we'll spend the most time. But then you had what had to have been a makeup call for defensive holding on a field goal late that cost the Raiders points. Um, you had, you had, what else did we have there? We had Chris Jones uh, with both a hold and hands to the face not called against the offensive lineman against him in a critical late moment in the game. Jad points out there might have been a little too much contact on Travis Kelsey's end on the last touchdown. Like just call after call after call on meaningful play after meaningful play. The talker today is the roughing the passer situation. So in the first half, and everybody saw it. I'm not going to pretend like you didn't see it. On Carr, as Chris Jones literally does the only thing he can do. Like, 
tackles car, takes the ball away, and they say put his weight on the passer or something. Um, we then see Patrick Mahomes later in the gay game flung to the ground violently, like much more violently than Tom Brady was on his roughing. So then Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in key primetime moments have that situation happen. They don't get the call. Carr gets this weird call. Brady has a call at the end of a game in a critical moment. That's enough. Like, we've had enough. That is too, like, it, it's it's like we had with pass interference. It's like we had with what is a catch. And in both of those instances, I do think that we've gotten better. We've got to get better with this call. I don't, I'm not saying it's simple. I'm not saying I don't think that the league is getting, you know, pulled in different directions on this because of what happened with Tua Tonga Viola. Like quarterbacks are very, very vulnerable. We see things like Tua and it, it freaks everybody out. So either protect the quarterbacks and like put flags on them for real. Or you have to be willing to accept the inherent risk that comes with playing football. The inherent risk of a Tua situation, which was a clean play, right? Um, Derek Carr definitely could have been injured on that play. It's a clean play, though, because Chris Jones cannot tackle him in any other way. Because a guy like Patrick Mahomes, if Chris Jones doesn't go at them like that, who's very good at escaping, would get out of that tackle. Mahomes, who was thrown to the ground, that's what you don't want. So you got to throw the flag there. And Brady at the end of the game, that's not roughing the passer. I, I mean, we can't have this because when it is a quarterback, Tommy, it's almost always going to be in the spotlight in a critical moment like this. So make up your mind. Accept the inherent risk and let it go and say you just can't hit him in the head and that's pretty much it. Or put flags on them and, and just sacks come by pulling flags. I don't know what, I don't know what the alternative is, but it's not this. Uh, I mean, just take a look at Andy Reed uh, for, from last night and, and the, the typically mild mannered big red, I've never seen him so angry than he was on the sideline last night. And uh, you know, the, the narrative, the storyline would be significantly different this morning. If Kansas city had lost the game, um, you know, winning takes the bite out of some of this, uh, for Kansas City fans, uh, but the 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 issue lingers. The issue remains when it comes to roughing the passer. And I really think that the the one thing, and I'm I'm not suggesting that the NFL should do this, but one easy fix if they don't really want to look at the rule or look at the intent of the rule, one easy way to just completely get rid of this is to stop tracking quarterback sacks and stop incentivizing quarterback sacks. I'm not suggesting that they should do that. I don't want them to do that. Uh, I think that takes away a lot of the fun of the game. But if you are tracking a statistical category where the the result of the play is the quarterback getting thrown to the ground and tackled, then maybe you ought to stop incentivizing it and you ought to stop tracking it. Uh, I think that there's a better solution out there, but hey, that's the easiest one where you don't even have to change the rule. You don't even have to, like, I think that a lot of defensive players will be like, well, wait a second, like, I don't, you know, it doesn't really matter anymore if, if I sack a lot the of contracts are based on that. Exactly, um, right? I mean, like, yeah, it, no. players are being incentivized to do that, but yet I, I think it's impossible. How do you be a defensive player right now in the National Football League? Like they have neutered the, the the defensive players and it started with right. pass interference. And I do agree with you. I think they've gotten it. I think it's better than what it mm -hmm. was, the pass interference uh, controversy and all of that. But they took a lot of the teeth out of, you know, team secondaries when it came to defending the pass. And now they're, you know, it, the, the whole focus is on roughing the passer. Um, I've heard a lot of people and I've seen people talk about it on social media. And I want to get your take on this because I, I'll tell you exactly how I feel about it. A lot of people are suggesting that roughing the passer ought to be a reviewable penalty, sort of like the targeting call in college, yes. and that it goes up to the booth, and that it's reviewed, and you know every angle is looked at and scrutinized, and then a decision is made. So I'll tell you how I feel about it, but I want to hear your take on it first. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. I think it's the answer. I think two things are the answer. Um, I think that they had it right when they took headshots out for quarterbacks. If you touch their head, it's roughing. I'm okay with that. It, and, it, and that can bite you if you're a defensive player, but it doesn't bite you that often, sometimes. But I think that is a common ground for 
quarterbacks to to be too easily concussed. Don't touch them on the head. I don't, right? I don't think so. Um, but I, reviewing it, absolutely. Yes, yeah, reviewing review the play. It, review no, the I, play. I don't think so. That, that no. solves it because you don't think reviewing the play is a good idea? No. no. And you know why? Because you remember that year when the NFL decided they were going to review pass interference calls? And the disaster that it was like, look at NFL officiating as a whole. They will get that wrong. It will be wrong more often than it will be right. And so I've seen so many different people like just review it, just take it to the booth and review it or, you know, have coaches be able to challenge it. I guarantee you the NFL will get it wrong more often than they get it right. That's the whole reason why the reviewing pass interference is no longer part of it. Do you think they get targeting wrong in college, though? Because I don't think they ever get targeting wrong. I, I can't remember a time where I feel like, oh, they blew that targeting review. The, right? I think the I think the margin of error is a lot uh, a lot smaller with targeting. Like you're looking for one thing. You're looking for a defender lowering the helmet. That's the only thing you're looking for when it comes right. to you, roughing I, the passer. There are you so do have many to alter. other. So right. if you're going to review it, you can't just solely review. You do have to alter the rule too. Like. Whatever right. the body weight thing was that they were citing yesterday, that can't be a thing, right? You Because you can't both have a defender know that, okay, we cannot just hit them like we'd hit a running back. So grabbing them around the waist and pulling them to the ground has to be allowed. Chris Jones just running through Derek Carr, basically, who, by the way, that was an incredible feat of athleticism by Chris Jones to not only catch himself to not smash Derek Carr, but to also use his other arm to pull the football away. I mean, that was, for him to really not just pancake Derek Carr on the ground while pulling that ball away was one of the more incredible athletic things I've seen from a non-wide receiver on a football field in a really long time. Chris Jones, at the same time he sacked Derek Carr, like saved his life. He, he didn't do what they were, you know, penalized him for. When he when he probably I don't even know how he didn't, but anyway, you have to Did also see, alter the rules. Like yeah. you have to Did, say, okay, that isn't that is no longer roughing the pat. But I do think reviewing it is a good call and a challenge because here's why: the the spin throw to the ground thing, there is way too much risk of a concussion on that. So I am fine with that being reviewed because what would be found if it was reviewed is that Tom Brady's was not a throwdown, and that could have been overturned. But Patrick Mahomes, which very clearly was, would be a penalty. That seems reviewable to me. Head, you know, Shots to the head are the most easy thing to review. Did you touch him in the head or didn't you? Did you lower your head or not? But you also have to, yes, change the rule because the Chris Jones thing should, just shouldn't be roughing the passer anyway. That shouldn't be a rule that you can't put your full body weight on a quarter. You you put your full body weight into anything when you tackle somebody. So that's a stupid thing to even consider anyway. That shouldn't be a rule in the first place, let alone reviewable. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm i actually going to walk back something that I said yesterday on the show when we were talking about the Tom, the Tom Brady, Grady Jarrett play from Sunday. And you asked me if I thought that uh, the two attack of Iloa situation had anything to do with that roughing the passer call on Tom Brady. At the time yesterday, I said no. I just thought it was Tom Brady. I thought it was Tom Brady getting a call. And it was just an egregious call from Jerome Boger's crew. Um, but we've, we saw what happened with Tom Brady, and then we saw what happened with Derek Carr last night. This is absolutely an overcorrection from the Tua Tagovailoa yeah. situation. Now, I was an advocate out of an abundance of caution to hold out a player who, you know, the, the camera shows that his head hit the turf and out of, uh, out of an abundance of caution, remove them from the game and really make sure that you are uh, protecting the player in that, in that regard, in that situation. But, you know, going back to the whole uh, reviewing in principle, I, I think that's the right thing. In principle, I really do. Like, that that seems to be a, a common thread. I just don't think the NFL is going to get it right. I just don't think the officiating crew is going to get it right. I have no faith in the review process. I have no faith in the challenge process because, again, I go back to that one year. It only, it only lasted one season when the NFL reviewed pass interference calls, and they got it wrong so often because they, you know, th there's, there's a difference between with that with that play, seeing it in real time and then in slow motion, uh, they got it wrong and they don't review those anymore. That's not part of the game anymore. So I just don't have any faith that them reviewing roughing the passer 
will have any sort of positive impact whatsoever. I think it'll just make people more angry. I, I pass interference has gotten better. Um, you know, the things that the NFL has honed in, the catch rule has gotten much better, much, much better. We all understand it now. What what reviewing would allow is for us to have a more clear understanding of what is and is not. Pass interference, the problem with pass interference is just happening too often, right? And and I, I think that there's less room for um Opin- not opinion, but th- there's less margin for error in what what is and isn't roughing the passer. If you all, if you fix the rules, yes, we're overcorrecting to Tua. I also don't want to just sit here and say I, I don't like the bash the NFL thing because the NFL's put into a bad position here, right? Like they have to you remember the topics and the in the the tone of the conversation after Tua, right? So, okay, well, we got to make sure that doesn't happen again. What do we do? Let's protect the quarterback. So, all right, officials, we have got to protect these quarterbacks. And last night they're protecting the quarterback and everybody throws their hands up and can't believe it and it's fine. Like, you can't have both. So you you got to decide as fans, as players, as a league, what you're going to do because you can't have both, right? You can protect quarterbacks from headshots. That seems simple and something the league has gotten right. Incidental or not, I don't. It's okay, but you can't both. You, you can't both have football be the game we love and calls like the one against Derek Carr enrage us, and at the same time, not have the situation like Tua. At some point, you have to accept the inherent risk that comes with playing football, and you can do everything you can to protect that quarterback, and that's what the league's primarily trying to do. But you can also create avenues to where that protection doesn't alter the outcome of a game, as it did in the Tampa game, and as it almost did last night. And you could say that it did, because the officials then had a very obvious makeup call later on a field goal attempt that kept the Chiefs' drive alive that won them the game. So yeah, it, it, it did alter the game, even though the Chiefs won. So allow yourself the nuance to survive it. But as fans, you cannot both be outraged by the Tua situation and outraged by the Derek Carr situation because that's counterintuitive. I think you can, and I am. I'm. I mean, I disagree with you. But what are you uh, going to do then? You either protect I, the quarterback or you don't. No, no, no. I, it's they're two. They're two separate situations. Like, I was. I was upset about the Tua situation for allowing him back in the game. The play itself was clean. The play itself was fine. It was not roughing the passer. They didn't take care of him after the fact. This is separate from a rush. A roughing the passer penalty on Chris Jones that should have never been called. They're, they're, two, they're apples and oranges. They're two completely separate things. So I think as fans, absolutely you can be angry at the way the Tua situation was handled and the way the Chris Jones situation was handled. Let's fix it then. And the league does, and the league's going to make changes, and, and you sent me something that they're already reviewing it. I'm going to give them a chance to get it right because I think ultimately they will. It's going to take some – it'll be a complicated path to get there. But I do think they're eventually going to get this right because two we or you know, big moment after big moment, this keeps happening. They'll fix it. We'll work through the nuance of what that solution is and the best way to get there. But man, it was on display last night. A couple other things. We're gonna have a giveaway in the next segment. We got Dan Israel coming up in at the top of the second of the hour. I think we have, and I'm not saying it's overreaction. I think we have the potential for overreaction to two things outside of the game itself. You had a comment from Troy Aikman during the game, and you had a situation after the game with Devontae Adams. An opportunity for some overreaction. Is it? We'll discuss with both of those situations next on Sports Daily. Dude, you gotta hear this. Hear this. Go ahead. I think I want to hear this. Sports Daily is on KFH. All right, here we go. We're going to jump right in here because we have a lot to cram into this segment with the other two big storylines off the field. They're not. Are, are they big, I guess, is the question. So we'll start with the first one that happened on the Chris Jones play. Troy Aikman, while frustrated at what he saw, says, quote, I hope the competition committee looks at this at the next NFL meeting and we take the dresses off. Um, 
takes heat for that. We all know why he takes heat for that. That's uh, that's a pretty whatever you want to call whatever whatever adjective you want to use to describe it. It's it's not you know we're 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 better than that now, but at the same time, this is one of those moments where reaction, in my opinion, Tommy, may become way too harsh, way too fast. Um, I, I would imagine that Troy Aikman would like to have that one back. I would imagine that Troy Aikman in no way intentionally was demeaning women, even though that comment is one that, you know, we 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 understand now as we have as we grow. And I'm going to tell you this, too, Tommy, as a guy who on this show uh, and I don't a, a long time ago said something to the effect of Tony Romo plays great despite throwing like a girl. And I took an appropriate amount of heat for that. And obviously I didn't have any, I have two daughters. Like I, I wouldn't, you know, intentionally do anything like that. And it was a, a, a dumb thing to say and whatever it happens. And I think for Troy Aikman, this is probably a dumb thing to say. And I think he has daughters if I'm not mistaken. And I'm sure he'd like to have it back and obviously wasn't intending to demean anybody, even though that may have happened. But to me, and I'll we'll take your opinion on it, Tommy. It's a moment to just for for Aikman to get better and be like, my bad, sorry, didn't mean that, shouldn't have said it. It heated the moment. I was frustrated at the play, and you know, I, I got to think of a better term than that. It's it's really hard. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that Aikman would love to have that back. Uh, you and I both do live radio every day. Um, you do live TV every day. Um, I've done play-by-play for football before. I don't know if you have or not, but um, yeah. it's it's difficult to do when you're live and you're reacting in real time uh, on what's going on. You know, I, I think we all who have been in this industry for any length of time have said things that we'd like to have back. And whether or not they're inappropriate or offensive or ill-timed, uh, or even your, you know, this happens to me and ha- has happened a lot where you stumble over your words and you mispronounce somebody's name or, you, I mean, like th- there are a world of gaffes out there. And I think that, yes, Aikman would love to have that back. That was not the right thing to say in that moment. I'm sure he recognizes that. But I also think one thing that we lack a lot of is grace. And I think that showing grace yeah. in that moment and like, look, that's just unfortunate that he said that probably no intent behind it. Uh, but you know, let's, let's move on and let's not crucify somebody for something like that. Yeah, totally. It, it look, he's, he's got to get better. It just, it's a, it's a very common moment of overreaction. And it's also okay that, you know, people point out that, you know, we shouldn't say things like that anymore. You know, that's okay too, but let's not, you know, let's not get out here and like call for Aikman's job or anything like that. So that was one of the moments that has had a lot of chatter, uh, in the game. The other one was Devontae Adams after the game. Now, this one is really interesting. He's going to have a suspension coming. Um, if you haven't seen the video, it's everywhere. This morning, we're learning, and just actually in the last 10 minutes, we're learning that the photographer he pushed while walking off the field filed a police report claiming he was injured and had to go to the hospital. I was really hoping this wouldn't come to this point. Um I, I maybe he is injured and has to go to the hospital. God, I would hope not. Uh, we've seen two angles of the video. So the overhead angle of this video, one, Devontae Adams is in the wrong here. Don't don't misunderstand me here. You absolutely shouldn't have done that. So in the overhead video, it really looks like that guy is just the brunt of Devontae Adams' frustration. But there is also, Tommy, a from-behind video um, where you see – Devonte Adams more surprised, and they kind of run into each other, and that in the reaction to that is Devonte Adams to shove him away, and I think that those two angles paint such different pictures. I'm not real sure what to do with it. I, I don't want to see like assault charges here or anything like that. I mean, my God, but Devonte Adams is in the wrong. He needs to be fined. He probably needs to be suspended a game. Can't do that. At the same time. This wasn't so sinister that we need to, like, send Devontae Adams to jail or anything, which is, you know, the reaction of some here. Again, another classic opportunity for a social media media overreaction, in my opinion. Um, I mean, look, if I'm walking down the street and somebody walks up to me and shoves me, um, they're probably getting charged with assault. I mean, it just it's as simple as that. Um, 
I understand the context is different. I understand that you're an NFL wide receiver and your team just lost. Um, and, you know, I wasn't there. We weren't there. We didn't, you know, see exactly if there was anything said or if the the camera guy or the mic guy, whatever he was, if he said anything or if he got in the way. I don't know. But you put your hands on somebody like that. That's a problem. And, you know, words are one thing. Just talked about the Troy Aikman situation. Words for one thing. Physical action is completely different. And so uh, I don't blame the guy for going to the police. I mean, Devontae Adams is huge. He's a big guy. Uh, and, you know, he's a football player and uh, shoves the guy to the ground. Uh, so I think that there will be appropriate discipline, whether or not that's handled just by the league or if there are legal ramifications. I don't know. Um, you don't want to see that. But at the same time, I don't blame the guy for going to the police and being like, hey, I was shoved to the ground uh, by by Devontae Adams and I didn't do anything. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that Adams will be held responsible for it and he should be. And, you know, he, I think the thing that irritated me the most about the situation was that he kind of halfway apologized after the game. I don't know if you saw that clip kind of halfway I, I did, did, but have it wasn't like, the, you know, have you seen the video from, from behind Adams yet? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen both, both angles. I, I, it looked in that video. It looked to me like. They they ran into each other. Like I don't think that. But it, it doesn't matter. One... You can't put your hands on somebody. I, I know, it but matter... it, it seems more like a reaction. Like you mentioned, you were walking down the street. Imagine if you were walking down the street and and you ran into somebody and, and then neither somebody of you me saw the ground, it coming. They're gonna they're gonna get assault but, charges. Like that's just the way I, that it is. No, you wouldn't get assault charges if if that situation happened. If two people ran into each other and your reaction was to shove away, if the other person falls, like look, I. I'm not saying Devontae Adams is innocent here, and I was also bothered by his apology. I I, I just – I don't I, – what I don't know – and I don't know this answer, and I don't know. And so this is what makes it hard for me. This is why I have a hard time coming to a conclusion. I don't know if it was an accident that they ran into each other, right? Like it's not like Devontae Adams was like hunting for something to vent his frustrations with on the sideline and went and found a cameraman and pushed him down. The cameraman walked in front of him, obviously not on purpose. They didn't see each other clearly. And Adams in that moment, as they made contact, shoves away, the guy falls, here we go. I I, I don't, that's, that's what's hard for me to understand. It would be very different if, you know, this is a moment of, Adams trying to like vent or or let off his steam in that way. I don't think that's what happened. I think they ran into each other and he pushed him. You shouldn't do that. I don't know, you know, I'm not I'm not going to pretend like I know that there was intent or anything like that there. He could have done himself a lot of favors with a better apology. That's for damn sure. Um but I, like Assault? I, 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 I don't know that that's what he. I don't know that that's what's being charged with either. That we just know the guy went to the police. But I, that that the guy got right up. I don't think he really needed to go to the hospital. Like now we're getting to that point of like, come on, man. Like he he jumped right up. He's probably embarrassed, but had to go to the hospital for what? I I, I just like this stuff. Hmm. I I, I think it's okay to. Have heat of the moment. Devontae Adams could have squashed this, and he didn't. He could have said, let me find that guy. I want to apologize to him publicly. I want to get him tickets to a yep. game. I want to give him a signed jersey. I want to do all this stuff. He didn't do that. He didn't do himself any favors. So, yep. you know, he's he's going to have to deal with this. But this feels more like an appropriate punishment coming from the NFL than from the police to me. Yeah, and can, can I just say real quick, my last word on this is Devontae Adams shoving that that camera guy. That was more contact than I think what we saw with Chris Jones and Derek Carr earlier in the game. Absolutely. That was roughing. That should have been a roughing call. That, was, that was my instant comment. The other the other great uh, joke out of that I saw out of that. Well, and and by here's the other thing that I hope everybody understands about me and it doesn't I, I'm totally also okay with joking about that situation and I hope people have a sense of humor. Because I don't I just I'm not gonna take myself so seriously that I feel like I need to like whatever. There was a great joke. Did so on the last play. If you didn't see Hunter Renfro and uh, Devonte Adams run into each other on that fourth down play, I saw something last night to the effect of, "Man, if Devonte Adams would have treated Hunter Renfro like that, it's six <laughs> points." I was like, "Yeah, that's perfect." Uh, it. Everybody made the joke. I God dang it. Like, go to the hospital and go to the police like that. Whatever. We'll see how this. He's going to get. He. You know the the appropriate my. 
thought on the appropriate, he should have been suspended a game and fined by the NFL. And does he need to be sued over this or whatever's going to end up coming from it? <laughs> Man, that's 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 a bit too much for me. But you know what? We'll find out. It's not my decision to make. Um, okay, so those are the big other ones. We're going to get back into everything with Dan Israel. But first, we got a special giveaway today. So we've been giving away a lot of stuff. This is our biggest one yet. Um, so we have a really cool thing with uh, a movie that's coming. We have a lot of tickets to give away for the Halloween Ends sneak preview at Boulevard Theaters, which is in Town West. That's coming on Thursday, um, and we're going to give those away now. So we have quite a few. So what we'll do is we're going to give away a pair, uh, like a six-pack of these. And Tommy will also throw that in since we're doing six of these. How about six Thunder tickets to the home opener now just, what, 11 days away, right? Yeah, pretty amazing. Next Friday, uh, or next Saturday, Interest Bank Arena, the 22nd, the Thunder take on the Allen Americans. And so we'll give away six tickets to opening night. All right, so six tickets to opening night to the Thunder. Uh, scary movie fans, there are also six tickets now to Halloween Ends. It has Jamie Lee Curtis. I think it's a Michael Myers take, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we're going to give away a six-pack of that as well. We'll also throw in a couple of free HTO iced tea cards, as we like to do. So 12 total tickets to different events, a couple of HTO iced tea cards, and we'll do that right now to let's do caller number three at 869-1240. Jad will take that off the air. We'll get Dan Israel hooked up. A lot coming in hour two. Here we go. Halfway home on Sports Daily on a wild and crazy Tuesday. You're home for Bob and Tom mornings and great sports talk all day. This is KFH Wichita, always live on the free Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.